You are listening to Talks for Change, a podcast series which aims to share innovative ideas that inspire across various disciplines whilst celebrating achievements and ideas from Curtin University's Young Alumni Community. This podcast, along with the Young Alumni Program, is really special because it's for Young Alumni by Young Alumni. We hope you enjoy this month's episode. Hi everyone, my name is Erica Beasley and I'll be hosting this month's episode of Talks for Change. I'm currently the Director of Alumni and Advancement Services at Curtin University and a very proud Curtin graduate and member of the Young Alumni community. I've worked at Curtin for 11 years and for the past five years have had the privilege of overseeing our alumni engagement programs. These programs aim to support our alumni community and keep them engaged with the university no matter where they are in the world. I've had an incredible job that takes me all to all different places across the world and allows me to meet amazing graduates from all walks of life. I'm very excited to be recording this month's episode from Singapore and to be joined by a very special guest who is a Singaporean local with a Bachelor of Mass Communication and a Master of Marketing from our Bentley campus in Perth. With a background in service design, digital strategies and product management, today's guest has worked in Singapore, Australia and the US within a wide range of industries including aviation, beauty and agriculture, just to name a few. Outside of their day job as a digital consultant, our guest founded the Asia Photo Collective, works as a program lead at She Says Singapore, and also has time to volunteer with organisations in Cambodia that support women and children from low income communities, all of which you'll hear more about in a moment. A Curtin graduate who believes in the power of doing it all, and according to their LinkedIn profile, is unabashedly the noisiest person in the office. I'm delighted to introduce you to today's special guest and ask the first question. Who are you? Hi, Erica. Thanks Hi. for having me. No worries. Um, my name is Mira. Um, I am Singaporean. Don't let the accent fool you. Um, I was very lucky and went to Curtin um, University for my bachelor's as well as my master's. When I first moved back to right now, in Singapore, I work as a digital innovation consultant for Accenture Singapore, focusing on Africa, Asia Pacific. Um, and what that is, is that I do product design, product development, digital and innovation strategy for companies in these regions. Um, I focus a lot more at the moment on um, beauty, travel and aviation, and I absolutely love it. Um, besides my day job, I also founded the Asia Photo Collective, which is a street photography collective based, born and bred out of Singapore. The idea behind it was that, there, that people wanted to see a different face to Asia when it came to fine art and fine photography. So that's what the Photo Collective does. It brings together amateur as well as professional photographers and we help to sell their work and to showcase that work at different local uh, destinations here in Singapore and we're soon expanding to Indonesia and to Thailand. Um, in addition to Accenture and the Asia Photo Collective, um, I also run She Says Singapore. She Says Singapore, we have about 3,000 members, female members here in Singapore and they are all women uh, and young women in the digital creative um, communications, marketing, and everything in between, including innovation. What we're doing is we want to see more women rise to the top. And so we're doing our very best to provide them with 
panel events once a month that will actually provide them with insight into success, how to build a successful career, how to manage negotiation, and to also inspire them to think a little bit more differently. We also run social nights that manage jobs, pairing, and mentorship as well. So there's quite a fair bit on, um, but I'm a firm believer in the fact that we can do many things. Sometimes it may take a while to get to that perfect product or that perfect sense of self, but at the end of the day, it's about trying as much as you can and bringing the influences and the learnings that you've gathered together in your travels and your experiences and your education to bring you to wherever you might be. So, wow, sounds like a very, very busy busy work and outside of work as well. So I just want to touch on um, some of the areas that you work within within your role. So you said beauty, travel and kind mm-hmm. of aviation are the areas that you work within. Do you have a favourite within that, that group? I would say it would have to be travel. Um, yep. Just one of the big things that we that we get to do is working with aviation companies to help redefine how do you build successful programs that actually meet the traveler's needs from an mm-hmm. experience perspective, but also from the back end. So for example, if you're an airline and um, um, and you're, you know, say for example, you Erica, you travel quite consistently around, around the world, meeting up with different alumni members. Yes. How is it that an airline is going to ensure that your miles programs meet your specific needs? How do they know that you have a preference to check into certain hotels? Um, when it comes to seating patterns, is there a period that you would travel and how can they give you those recommendations quickly, but at the same time manage the loyalty program and ensure that staff on the airline and on the ground meet your needs quickly and seamlessly. So that's very much from a customer experience side of things, but it's also about looking at ways to enable businesses to do more. Um, Travel, the aviation industry around the world is really interesting because it is very much like space travel where it's still in that same it's been using not the same technology but the same model they still use the same platform so how do you help them grow a little bit yeah right so interesting because the customer's perspective is something that's so important and as you said i do travel quite a lot so it's always nice to get the right seat Mm -hmm. doesn't always happen like that but that's (laughs) fine but it it is very much i think about the customer experience and what it is that they want to get out of out of their travel because traveling it is you know you are going away from your family you are going away from your friends you're often working you're on your own so just those little touches do make a really really big difference Mm. so the asia photo collective when you're talking about sort of bringing together those those amateur and professional photographers um how do you find those relationships work with them? Is it different when you're working with amateur versus professional? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit more about that. So right now, um, we've got with, with um, we are relaunching at the moment the mm-hmm. site and the online store and everything. Now, when it comes to amateur versus professional, frankly, some professional photographers have a massive ego on them. Mm-hmm. Doesn't quite work for our business. If if that is the case we will respect that and we recognize that they have the platform and they have the network to be able to sell their product um, and you know all power to them Um, but what we are focusing on is beyond the label beyond the definition of professional and amateur who are you and what does that actually mean to whom you are so i would say for example if you look at um 
if you look at the Supreme Court judges in the U.S., like um, with um, the, there's a female judge Ginsburg. Mm-hmm. If you look at her and then you look at all the other judges that sit on the on the Supreme Court with her, they all have the same label. They all have the same position. Yes. But it's what do they bring to the table, mm-hmm. and so that's what we look at. So with the photo collective, a lot of the the men and women whom we're working with or we're um, looking to showcase in April of next year, what they have is they're telling a story about the hidden side of Asia. When you look at Asia, a lot of people have the immediate assumption of Vietnam is the rice hats or the you know the the, yes. the Vietnamese hat. Yeah. You look at Bali, it's the paddy fields. You look at China, it's a couple of mountains and noodles. Mm-hmm. But what there also is is um, the villages in New Guinea. Um, what the fact that they still make use of very traditional animist style teachings. You look at Jakarta where there are skyscrapers right next to slums. You look at Singapore, there is a very big religious scene. Um, and can we capture those movements and those colors and those faces and the influences and the depth of each person that you meet? That's what we're trying to do. It's an incredible perspective, mm. I think. Um, as you say, obviously people who don't travel to these places get one sort of view, depending yeah. on what photographs they see. To, so to be able to get a different perspective by shooting reality as opposed to what other people want to see, I think that's amazing. So she says, it sounds like an absolutely mm. incredible, incredible organisation. So obviously you get an opportunity to sort of meet with different people. You get um, the chance to hear from amazing speakers is that sort of the the best thing that you get out of it or do you get other things out of it that it's such a mix Mm -hmm. um so when we first started um she says the idea was we simply wanted to find a platform to help women in marketing and communications grow Mm -hmm. that slowly kind of developed on its own um because from she says um for me personally, she says has helped me actually move from when I first moved back to Singapore with my university degree, mm-hmm. I came back with a public relations um, and journalism um, sort of background. When I came back here, I went into a PR agency and I didn't, I loved the career that I got from it, but I loved the skills, but I didn't necessarily see it as the right career path for me. Sure. She says helped me learn how to map out, how to figure out what was the next step for my career. It helped me learn to connect the importance of connecting, not on in terms of a networking social side of, side of things, but more of connecting and meeting and having conversations with men and women who would help me think differently mm-hmm. and help me push the boundaries and also make me want to continue learning. And that's what she says is very much about. It's about after university, after your first job, after your second job, even when you're 60, you need to keep on learning and pushing yourself to understand a little bit more about the people, the industries and the world that we work in so that you can become a better human being for society, but also for your industry. You, Curtin's young alumni, are emerging as the next generation of leaders, creators, game changers, innovators and more. So make sure you keep your details up to date with the alumni and community relations team so you don't miss out on exciting news and event information. 
and always tag Curtin Young Alumni when posting photos and stories on social media. So some of this we've, we've kind of already touched on, but so you did complete a master's in marketing mm -hmm. at Curtin in 2008, which yes. is the same degree as what I've, I've done. So you're working as a digital and innovation consultant, um, but you, you obviously founded these other, other organisations and worked within them. So I'm interested to learn a little bit more about what sort of steps you took to get to where you are today using your degree, but also the other experiences that you've had. There, I would say um, when, when I turned up at Accenture um, with a Master of Marketing, I don't think a lot of people understood, but I know that my boss um, and my hiring manager understood what that brought for me. One of the big things that comes from a marketing master's or a degree um, or an arts degree is the ability to think broadly, um, to think without structure, and to also learn how to bring skills that teach you how to tell a story. When we look at enterprise technology consulting today, it's very much about storytelling. When you go into the aviation industry, the beauty, agriculture, you tell a client that they need to buy into your services or into your business because they're going to gain something. If you're going to go to them and talk to them and pitch to them in a way that they don't quite understand, you've lost the, you've lost it already. With the skills that I learned from my degree, it actually enabled me to listen and really understand what I what were the people in the room thinking about, mm -hmm. and how could I tell them a, and shape a story that would meet their requirements, and also more importantly, before I go into that room or when we meet with the client, what are the right questions to ask? to ensure that you meet their needs. I think that sometimes with certain, when you come in with that kind of perspective of let me ask more questions and let me give you a ready set solution, mm -hmm. which is what service design is looking at, which is um, let's look at the, diff let's put the human at the center and then build technology around it. That's very much core to what marketing brings, I found from my degree. Um, the second thing as well was when I was at university, I had a, an opportunity to, um, I didn't quite stick to just one group of friends. I had different groups of friends from very international backgrounds. Um, I lived in Krojong Village for mm -hmm. most of my uh, university degree and that allowed me to meet with international students, exchange students, um, people from Singapore, people from Australia. Now, what that gave me was the ability to learn to kind of blend um, and be a chameleon in a way. Um, people have different perspectives and they have different joys and they have different insights. So what are the stories and the perspectives that you might have um, from every culture that you meet? So, for example, most recent, a couple of years ago, we did a small project um, in from Singapore with um, an agricultural business in Indonesia. I have a friend, Hayden, who grew up in Nanup, and he told, um, and this was back in Curtin, mm -hmm. and he told me about some stories around bushfires that he used to have. And he was a volunteer firefighter, and he was telling me about all these stories about what it was like growing up on the farm. Mm -hmm. Those stories helped me identify and visualize what life was actually like, and I could bring that 
to Indonesia with me to have some sort of assimilation to you know to tell those stories and to maybe understand a little bit and connect with people on a different level and I think that's probably the biggest thing I mean you know you talked about travel and when you're storytelling with travel yeah you're selling to people who have either traveled a lot they might have traveled a little or not at all but you're selling an experience that only they are going to have so it's bringing those stories together and selling that experience whilst you're not there to kind of necessarily deliver that experience it's them for themselves but it's telling that story about how you could experience this so you're having that sort of different perspective i like the fact that you said think broadly but without structure i think that's something that i know that i definitely experienced as part of my degree and a lot of people talk about that and say you know the skills that we learnt whilst we were at Curtin is not necessarily about it's just your degree it's here's the perspective that we're going to give you about what the world looks like and here we're going to get give you opportunities to network with other people from different cultures and now with all of the global campuses that we've got where we don't you know we're not saying we have one main campus we have campuses all over the world one of which or two of which actually happens to be in Australia but it's trying to give that broader perspective and say it doesn't matter where you come from or where you study everyone's getting the same experience irrespective of where that happens to be yeah absolutely and I think that you know when you when you have the opportunity to go to a university with a global network you need to embrace it for all it's worth it's not about going it's not about when I first went to university um, and I went to Curtin I still remember my mom came with me and she dropped me off at school and when we were and in year 12 when we were filling out the university application she was one who said this is what you should be applying for I didn't and I just went with it but I remember when I went there what she said to me was and it still sticks with me which is you don't go to university just to get a piece of paper and to leave the classroom and to get straight A's or to get a degree you're going to university just like you go to business school which I did go to I went to Curtin Business after um, you go to business school with learning about the people that you're with about learning skills that you will never be able to pick up in in the office environment it's about meeting people it's about connecting with people and learning those skills that will help you become a more all-rounded person um, and that's exactly what I did and I think that some of my friends who've also moved back to Singapore would also have the same perspective which is we were lucky because we met with people we had multiple jobs so I was with the Curtin Student Guild I was with CUPSA I was with the international students team um, or um, association I was a resident assistant as well I worked on Curtin FM mm-hmm. it was just trying different things because you don't really know there is no right answer that's why you go to university because you need to figure it out absolutely but I think I think that's the thing is immersing yourself in everything that's on mm-hmm. offer is a really good way of kind of giving you a different perspective whilst you're there I love that that your mum said that you don't just go to university for a piece of paper but I think that's the other part of you know and I'll put my director of alumni hat on now and say that that's also the thing that we try and achieve that you when you finish your degree and you do get that piece of paper which let's face it at the end of the day a lot of people still want that and families still want that Mm -hmm. that's not where your relationship with the university ends it's not a piece of paper you walk across that stage in your cap and gown and and get that and then that's the end of your relationship we don't want that 
to be the case. But it's also, as you said, you know, it's it's tapping into those relationships that you had with alumni before, yep. well, that are now alumni, yeah. with those other students. And, and if you need more experience or you need more opinions or advice, you can still tap back into the university. So that relationship isn't, isn't yeah. ending the day you graduate. And that's actually one of the most important things. I think that when we leave, um, when, when we leave university or when we leave any organization, we need to remember that it's good to give back yeah because majority of the people that i've grown that i've graduated from curtain with we haven't used our degree to the full extent of what we were taught not because of the program but because of the fact that the world is changing yes but one of the greatest things is i've met curtain alumni at work at she says at you know outdoor events at conferences and they've taught me new things about new technologies, about new platforms, new apps, um, new ways of thinking, new um, government systems. And that's all very interesting. And I think it's really important that when you go to university, you go in with the idea of thinking broadly. But when you leave, it's also about you have this entire network of people that sit globally. Yeah, We all went, some of us went to Perth. But we all went to Curtin and we're all connected and we we all look at each other on LinkedIn once in a while. Yes. We all know what's going on. Why not use that network? You know, if you know, for example, that there is a campus in your home country, why not offer to get involved and to help run a couple of sessions there? Um, why not um, help bring interns from Curtin into, into your, your organization? organization? Yeah. So it that's what the alumni is there for. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And that is exactly what it's there for. And you do, you often don't realise you'd be having a conversation with someone and then all of a sudden curtain comes up and you go, oh, you're there or we went there or do you know this person and do you know that person? So it, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, those things can happen. I had a funny story. I had We had an alumni event in China last year and I looked at the guest list and didn't think I knew anybody and all of a sudden this guy walked in and he studied in my class mm. back in Australia yeah. and... and we hadn't seen each other in five years and in actual fact he hadn't spoken English in five years mm. because he got his degree and then he went back to China and he immediately started working and, and it kind of immersed himself back there but it was so nice that you know we were still able to connect and share the stories from yeah. when, when we studied and, and also share the stories of kind of where we are now yeah. which is really nice yeah yeah so no that's great so um Aside from your day job and everything else you do, you also do a lot of work and volunteering outside of mm-hmm. of your day job and also the Asia Photo Collective. Um, a, how do you have the time to fit it all in? Um, and secondly, I'm interested to learn more about your time spent in Cambodia and the work that you do with She Says. Yeah, um, so with, um, with the volunteer work is in She Says in Singapore, um, but also beyond that... Um, my mom's been a very much a very a very strong role model for me. Um, she was a corporate lawyer, but she always focused on giving back to the community, um, and that's something that I've picked up from her. So in Singapore, um, we help with I help with um, raising money or getting volunteers together for different women's shelters in Singapore. Um, we also every time we have events, we also choose different organizations that we would. Um, used to um, to bring anything from legal aid through to funding 
through to medication um, and medical support services. Cambodia is something that's very close to my heart. Um, there is a Singaporean woman up in Siam Reap called Mavis Chung. Mm-hmm. Mavis has been working with street kids in Cambodia for a very long time. Many years ago, she went back, to, she went to Siam Reap for a holiday and she saw a little boy who was, I think he was about under the age of six, definitely, who reached into a rubbish bin and he picked up some rice. Now the rice was rotting, but he was so hungry oh, goodness. that he ate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we do, because we're in Singapore, and Singapore, as Singapore as a country, we have the privilege of having a little bit more. What we do is that I raise money and um, together with friends and different groups of people um, to buy everything from laundry detergent through to medication through to toys, diapers, Um, for um, an orphanage there as well as for Mavis's organization Mm -hmm. now the good thing with the way that Mavis runs the charity is no one comes there just for a free handout okay what she does is if uh, she works with young moms as well as street kids so what the kids will come up for um, on the weekends is food so -hmm. they get carbohydrates and protein Um, And then for the young moms who need extras, they will do little services and chores for different organizations or around the charity. So it's sort of empowering the women as well and making them feel like they're contributing before they get something. Yeah, because because at the end of the day, the one thing with charity work is that it's not about throwing money at the problem, which is what charity work has, philanthropy has largely been identified as being. Um, it's not about throwing money and it's not about big gala events. What it actually is, is giving people the opportunity to break the poverty cycle. Yeah. So what are the different actual products that you can give them and work with them or barter with them? And how can you upskill people? How do you empower them? How do you give them new, new avenues to gain a new skill? That's fantastic. It's such a great way of doing it though, because often, as you said, people who are in those positions, they don't want handouts. And they, it's also kind of that, I wonder if sometimes there's a shame associated with that, that if they feel like they're going to go and get a handout, that they necessarily, don't, they might not want to ask yep. that. But if they feel like they can give something in return, so whether it's, you know, maybe they're helping cook those meals that are handed out to people or doing a job in exchange for some clothes or something mm-hmm. like that, at least they feel like they're contributing yeah. to receive something back. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. No, that's great. So we've we've talked about lots this morning um, and your journey has been an absolutely incredible one. So I need to ask just a couple more questions before mm-hmm. we finish up. So what's next for you and what advice or insight do you have for the members of our young alumni community? Um, what's next is um, it, there's just so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, one of the big things that I make besides um, work is obviously the big next step. I'm hoping to see how else I can grow my career there. Um, Having come with a master's in marketing and now moving into a a largely technology-based business, Mm -hmm. that's a huge step. Um, And so I'm still learning um, how to manage things around that um, and also how to grow my career and see what I can do elsewise within that space. But the second thing as well is mental health, which is something that I'm actually interested to see how else we can build up in Singapore. Um, so we might be working with a couple of young women 
um, who have grown up overseas or have been educated overseas and have moved back to Singapore and seeing how we can help build a base that would help young founders and young leaders to recognize that mental health, because you might have a mental health issue or you might not necessarily be happy all the time um, or you have anxiety, that that does not stop you from pushing it further and still doing multiple things. And you don't always need to aim for perfection. What you need to aim for is making a first, first step to achieving your goals whilst also building trust and enabling the people around you and not taking it something away from them. Um, and I think I would say that for the young alumni members, I would say that it doesn't stop at 32. It doesn't stop when you finish university. Don't make the mis I think that we all need to remember that going to university has given us a, that um, accredit that validation that we can make a step forward in a certain industry, but that does not stop you from growing your and developing your passion. Um, I'm a huge supporter of women's rights and feminism, which is why I got involved with She Says. I love photography because it makes me, it calms me down when I'm stressed. So I started Photo Collective. Um, and I love technology, which is why I moved into Accenture. So if you follow your passion, but at the same time, learn to give back to the people who helped you and to the communities and the networks that you meet along the way. You'll become such a much more wholesome person and the world literally will open its doors to you. That's such a fantastic perspective. So I think that's a really great place to stop. Um, thank you so much, Mira, for taking time out of your day. You're and welcome. And sitting with me today and sharing your journey and ideas with the Curtin Young alumni community. Um, I'd like to thank you all of you for listening. So please feel free to share any comments or questions for either myself, the Young Alumni Advisory Board, or most importantly for Mira. Um, you can do this through the Curtin Young Alumni Facebook page or via youngalumni at curtin.edu.au. So thanks very much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. If you think that you or another Curtin graduate under 35 has an amazing story to tell or are interested in being part of Talks for Change, drop us a line at youngalumni at curtain.edu.au.